0: Thank mm-hmm. you. I sit down with a PhD student from Korea. Some of the topics we touch on are culture, comparison between American and Korean culture, sex communication, and more. Please listen to this podcast with an open mind as me and my guests identify with other cultures that have different norms and values. The reason to keep this in mind is that while something may be taboo to talk about in one culture, is normal in the other. My purpose behind this and all of my podcasts is to expose people to new ideas and concepts that may not be available to them. With that being said, the perspective of myself and my guests are through our own lived experiences and don't reflect the entirety of one's culture. My intentions are never to insult or hurt people when having difficult conversations about culture, identity, race, and other sensitive topics, but I believe that difficult questions must be asked to the people who have experienced this firsthand. Lastly, I want to thank everyone who has been tuning in to the You See What I Mean podcast as this wouldn't be possible without your support. Enjoy the episode. Yeah, I'm really excited about this. Me too. I've been waiting for this for so long. Thank so you for interviewing me. Of course. Thank you for doing the interview. So would you like to get started on a little bit of who you are?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am a PhD student at um, But for privacy reasons, I won't go into any more detail. Um, I'm from South Korea and I'm 28 years old.
0: 28. Nice. Yes. I forgot about that.
1: I know. I'm you look old. so
0: young. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, what's it like being a PhD student?
1: Um, That's like a really loaded question, but I like being a PhD student. A lot of people at this point, like when they're 28 or when they're advanced and they're Career or like experience enough that they could go into industry. Think going PhD is like not optimal because of the trade off. Like you could be making a lot of money. Um, I have friends who are all already making like six figures, but I chose this life because um, there was a time when I made money and I wasn't very happy. Um, so I like being a PhD student. Um, What's it like being a PhD student? It's like, um. my answer is really boring. Oh, uh, let's think.
0: Well, you're also a TA, right? Doesn't that usually come when you're in a PhD program, more or less?
1: Yeah, so I teach uh, every quarter because I have to, like, like my teaching is what makes up for not paying for tuition and getting a stipend. Um, and so I teach sections. Sometimes I just grade. So it depends on what class we get. But... In general, it's just uh, so teaching is like not a very big part of being a PhD student. It's one of the things we have to do to like make up for the money we're getting. But the focus is actually doing research and taking courses more research, less taking courses.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And the reason why I came to grad school is because I like that feeling of constantly learning and like developing myself.
0: So why did you want to be a PhD student?
1: Okay, so um, so there's like this whole backstory behind why I wanted to pursue academia. I previously didn't want to like study more. Like when I was in my undergrad, I told my parents, I am done with studying as soon as I graduate. And so I was like writing job applications and I interned for like a connected car company. Do you know what a connected car is? So, like, cars that are smart cars that use Wi-Fi and have, like, huge infotainment systems. Like, you know how Teslas have iPads on them? So, I went into a company, a startup that developed software for that. And I was on their marketing team. And then I was also working at, like, a conglomerate. um, Like, the biggest, one of the biggest um, conglomerates in Korea. It's called... And it's like the Google equivalent to Korea. So it's like a search engine company. And I was planning on uh, working there and I was interning. But then uh, my mom was misdiagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And we didn't know the results of her like health for a whole month because we were waiting for someone to read the results for us. And so this, that whole time... Like for a whole month, I thought my mom was going to die in the next three months because pancreatic cancer is normally fatal. And then that's when I decided that I wanted to document my life um, and my mom's life before it was too late and live like there's no tomorrow. And then like Steve Jobs died of pancreatic cancer. You know that, right?
0: Not that specific one, but I knew he died of cancer.
1: Yeah, it was pancreatic cancer. And... um. He's like I I didn't read his book, but I think one of the things he said was like, live as if you're gonna die tomorrow. And I read that he looked in the mirror every morning as he got up and like thought, Would I be doing this if I were to die tomorrow? And I think just the Pancreatic Cancer Association and like um, just like thinking about about death, I was like, Okay, what do I wanna be doing if I'm gonna die tomorrow? And for me that was not looking at a screen, at a company, uh, not even making my money, making them money. I don't want to be doing that. Um, and so I'm gonna create content for myself um, that's beneficial for me uh, and my mother, but also um, that's gonna help like maybe teenagers or people who are like struggling with life and need like l- like life advice. And so. YouTube was just, like, coming up at that time in Korea. So.
0: What year was that?
1: That was 2018.
0: It was barely coming up in 2018? Yeah.
1: YouTube was big in America and there were, like, huge YouTubers. But in Korea, YouTube was not popular. But that's really weird because Korea has the fastest internet in the world.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: The internet is so fast Everybody goes on 5G Whoa Yeah So Like well, you know Samsung is our country's um, So yeah. our country's super connected Super like high tech But YouTube was not a thing Everyone was like One step slowly into Facebook And then one step slowly into Instagram And then The video Like era Took place And I was like Okay I'm gonna jump out that wagon And make a YouTube channel And blow up and that's what I was going to do. But then my content was a little like pedantic because like my English is learned. It's not like socialized. I, was, I went to like English academies that taught me how to debate and like give speeches um, instead of conversing with my friends to improve my English. So one of my, one of my best friends saw my YouTube content and he was like, dude your content is so boring. You look like you're giving an English presentation. (laughs) And at that time, like, I knew I wasn't going to make it. I'm just too, like, you know, goody two-shoes, perfect student uh, to make it in the YouTube sphere. Because, you know, the people who get, like, views and the people that, like, you know, get a lot of clicks are people who are, like super energetic excited um they have interesting lives they take risks or like they're super sexy or funny and I'm I'm none of that stuff so um so yeah I decided to try to exert my influence in a more like academic way because that's what I'm good at and so I came to grad school
0: nice and you said that they misdiagnosed your misdiagnosed your mom. When did you find out that they misdiagnosed her?
1: So we went to like a small hospital, where she does her annual checkups. Like healthcare in Korea is cheap and like really good, and so people normally get like full scans of their body every year. Um, and my mom was doing her annual scan, and the smaller like institution mis like diagnosed her. And so she went to one of those huge, big hospitals that have, like, the best gear. And um, they did, like, a—I don't know what it's called. Um, it's not a CAT scan. Well, they did, like, a—you know when you go into those big machines? MRI? Like, yeah. No, is it an MRI? Yeah, she did something like an MRI. And it turns out it wasn't anything. It was, like, benign. So it wasn't bad.
0: Dang. So after you found out that she was okay. Were you already in academia or were you still doing your YouTube?
1: I was still doing my YouTube. And my mom and dad are very traditional people. Uh, and they s- invested a lot of money in my education, especially like so that I don't forget my English. And so they were like, I'm OK now. You can go back to like getting a normal job. Really?
0: And what was your major before in in your master's or
1: bachelor's? So in my undergrad, I studied this uh, major called techno art. And it's like it's like this new, newly like interdisciplinary uh field that just like was made because that's what like conglomerates wanted at the time. So I made like prototypes for apps. I learned to benchmark like Airbnb and Uber and to make like business models that um would work in our current, like, economy. What else did I do? Um, I learned digital marketing. I learned how to do 3D printing. So all the new tech stuff, it's like literally tech plus art. And that was techno art. So that was my undergrad. I also double majored in economics because I wanted to like sit down and study and get lectures instead of constantly doing group projects. So I have that background.
0: That's insane. You said that so casually. Like, that's a lot.
1: Oh, it. I mean, I don't feel like I know it well enough to, like, teach someone else how to do three D printing, and I think that's like one of the one of the things I wanted, like, to be able to know something so thoroughly that I can say I'm an expert, and I didn't, like, have that in my undergrad experience, so I guess that's one of the reasons why I also pursued. Uh, my master's and my phd yeah
0: and what's it what's the culture like in korea
1: that's such a vague question (laughs) Hmm. um
0: that is very vague but do you have any insights
1: well i don't know where to start you
0: could do it comparatively to america
1: well like i think we need a context yeah. I'm sorry, I'm getting like oh, it's okay. academic here.
0: Oh, that's that's good. I'm I'm way below you, so
1: So um no you're not below. <laughs> um I don't know. What what should I talk about? Korean
0: Like you were saying that Remember you were telling me that in Korea people wanna like I don't know if big shots the word, but, you know, they want to get a lot of money and then they want to buy an apartment and like, oh, yeah. like, okay, yeah. let me tell
1: you about that. So, um, in Korea, people don't live in homes. They live in apartments and here it's kind of like how it's in New York, you know, New York and LA, even the apartments are like, if it's like a one bedroom, one bathroom, it's like $3,000. It's like that in Korea. Uh, but rent isn't that expensive. People want to be homeowners. And the reason why Korea Korean house prices are so expensive, um, I wouldn't I shouldn't say Korean. I should say Seoul house prices. That's our capital, is because everybody that's young lives in the city and only people in their like fifties, sixties, seventies retire and go to the like rural areas of korea so i think i read like 90 percent of our population is in seoul and that's really problematic because the air quality in seoul is shit um if you look at your app right now and look at seoul it says the air quality is at a dangerous level and it's like that every single day um And still parents want their children to be living in that area because they'll get more exposure to like better academies, um, peers that uh, lived abroad before, um, and all the wealthier people are in that area. So it's like a good education district, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, and the funny thing is these people are living in this poor air quality and living in these tiny apartments. And what they want in their life is to make money at another company to buy another little box in a building in the air. And that's what success is in Korea for many people. I can't speak for the whole population, but that's one of the reasons why I'm here. I don't want my life to be restricted in that, like, the Korean matrix, Uh, If I might call it that That's a good one
0: Yeah, and after your PhD Because I know you're still a a Korean citizen, correct?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Are you going to attempt to try to come back to America And maybe either do research or become a professor?
1: Yeah, um, I want to do that But um, so, So one of the reasons why getting a PhD in the US is so good Is because If your um, level of expertise is at the PhD level, they grant you U.S. visas more easily. And that's like a a golden ticket for many people that live abroad. It's not just Koreans that want it. It's like, you know, everyone wants to come live in the U.S. It's like the promised land. No, no, I'm not going to say that. I want to scratch that out. That's like, I don't want to idolize the American dream.
0: It was definitely seen like that for a while. I don't think it's bad to say, but I guess like, there's definitely a different perspective now, you know, mm-hmm. but compared comparatively right to other countries, it kind of is, even though it's not it's just, yeah, it's yeah, I, I mean, get what you're saying.
1: I don't want you to like edit it out. It's just I just want to correct myself, Yeah, of course, because um, I definitely feel that living in America, if you work hard, um, and I can't say that for underserved populations that are not in this on the same baseline, but um, I feel like if I work hard here, I'll be getting compensation at the end that matches my level of effort. Like one of my friends, her husband grew up in poverty. He was homeless for a while, um, but he got a huge student loan, did his master's in finance, and now he's making almost like 150K right out of his masters
0: is that in the united states or in? yeah
1: he's an american person he's he's a he's a he's a white guy but just the fact that he can hustle and get that i mean i'm pretty sure he had a lot of infrastructure that helped him along the way but it's i feel like the effort and the things you can get from that effort match in the u.s but in korea i don't feel like that is always the case it's like they're even if you get into like a really good conglomerate i graduated one of the top three colleges in korea and i'm not trying to say it in a braggy way i just i find it really depressing i graduated from i went through high school getting like 10 hours of sleep per week in total busting my ass off. I did everything that the American system was doing, so I took APs. I was doing the international baccalaureate system that the UK was doing, and I was studying Korean and Japanese at the same time. I went to a Korean college, and then if I graduate from that, I would still be making the same amount of money that a middle-class like person in America that just graduates a normal high school... Um, gets, like, a normal 9-to-5 job, I'd be making probably less than that person.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. And, like, I know everything I say right now is already kind of privileged, but just, you know, you know what I mean, right?
0: Well, you're you're telling this from your lived experience, you know, of course, it it is, like, a privilege, but you are comparing it to a different standard of living this is like a korean like lifestyle this is not um, an american lifestyle because even me as like a mexican american i feel privileged um even going to college because i know a lot of people like daca students and people that didn't qualify for daca are missing out on that opportunity mm-hmm. right
1: and yeah. that's what i meant about like underserved populations that have a completely different baseline but coming from Korea and coming from already what's considered a lot of privilege, um, what I can achieve there isn't equal to what I can achieve here. And so it's just here I can do so much more and live so much more comfortably as the air is clean. I think that's like a huge thing. Having trees, um, clean air is like, is a given for people here but not so much in Korea. We wear masks normally. So, um when covid hit, Korean people already had masks ready because we normally wear masks during the spring when um the dust from China like blows over. So, for us wearing masks was not like completely foreign or uncomfortable. So that yeah, that just goes to show how Korea is. Um
0: And even the, like, the city life is different there too, right? There's, like, low crime rate, correct? It, it oh, has yeah. the lowest crime rate of, in the entire world. And... It does? I believe so. Oh, wow. I, I believe so. I do not know that. I could be wrong, but... Well, yeah, it's safe. It's definitely safe. I do want to ask you, I don't know, like, you've been living here for a little bit. Well, is there a homeless population?
1: Oh, it's very, very little or low. Um... There is the occasional homeless person on the subway, Um, but yeah, like it's just not common to be homeless in Korea. I don't know why.
0: Do you think it's because it's kind of ingrained into, it's like a hustle mentality in the culture?
1: Maybe. I think it's just really considered shameful to like, be on the street because you can get, like, a job um, if you're a Korean person, you can, you know, you can, like, work at... Let's see. You can work, like, like, serving tables or, you know, doing what a lot of people do to make ends meet and still maybe afford, not a great, but, like, like, a livable situation. But... Um, but yeah, so I I don't know I I don't know why we just don't have many homeless people. Um, um, but yeah, it's I I'm sorry I can't explain it's.
0: No, yeah, that that was a good enough explanation I think, just in its own. And there are different social norms in Korea as well, correct? That are like different from the U.S. Would you like to talk about that?
1: Oh, there's so many. Different social norms I think it's hard For me to like
0: What are some of the Ones that are To an extreme maybe Or just like Oh Mm -hmm. my god Would catch an eye
1: Oh okay So I think I could Say Oh since Since I'm like A PhD student And since I see Students daily One thing That I find So interesting here Is that people Raise their hand In class To cut the professor Off when the professor Is speaking they just like raise their hand mid-class and in Korea that's like that never happens you only ask questions at the end only if the professor says does anybody have any questions and so I find it super I found it almost rude at the beginning because the professor is speaking how can you cut them off but then now I see that invites conversation and that's nice but that was something that uh, I noticed was very different. Um, a, a Korean social norm that. I think people that go will notice. And be surprised by. Is how. Uh, well dressed everybody is in Korea. So Korean people spend. A lot of their income. On how they look. Like we call it like a look. I think it's called like lookism. But. It's basically like the outcome of capitalism. But in Korea, how you seem on the outside is really important. So I read this article that South Korea is uh, the country that spends the most money on luxury items. And we're not even the richest country in the world. Um, Younger people, they've given up on buying houses because they can't afford it. A tiny box in the sky will cost like, $30 million, so they opt to, like, live once, like, to live the YOLO life, and they buy, like, Gucci bags, like, Louis Vuitton stuff, you know, Um, they, like, girls in their 30s, normally, if they're, like, middle class, they'll, like, save up to buy a Chanel bag, and when a guy proposes to them, like when they get married, one of the things they receive is like a luxury bag. And so how you seem to others is like a huge uh, like value that's sought in Korea. And it's strange because I used to live that life, and I have some items that are expensive. And I brought them with me. I brought some of them with me because I felt like, oh, there'll be nights when we go out and I need to dress formally and I need to look good to somebody. But here, people don't care about labels and everyone's wearing leggings and Patagonia all the time. (laughs) And so I find that to be really cool.
0: Yeah. Would you say your perspective and yourself as a person changed once you came to America? You got to see another perspective on life?
1: Yeah, um, I think here I can be more comfortable in my skin um, without worrying too much about how I seem to other people. Um, Also, success in America is so subjective. In Korea, um, there are like these, uh, what do you call it? I don't know what the word is.
0: Milestones.
1: Yeah, milestones. Thank you. Yeah, English slips my mind sometimes. But there are these milestones that people need to reach. And like one of them is like graduating college on time, getting a job at a company that pays more than 50, 50K. Um, and then, like, what else? Getting married before 30. Um, having a child before you're like thirty two or something there's they're not exact numbers, but there are milestones that like a um, woman like me would have to hit for me to be considered like like um, successful. successful. yeah but then here, I see a lot of people who have children at a much later age just because it's their choice. and People don't say stuff like, oh, it must be really, like, dangerous for you to have a child at an old age. And also, like, a lot of people choose not to have children. People choose to adopt here. Um, And getting married is very much a choice. I think that's also changing in Korea, too. But um, what else? Like, going to college is not obvious here. It's very obvious in Korea. You have to go to college. There's no other way to succeed in Korea without going to college. and what else? Yeah, just in Korea, the the metric of success is so clearly defined. But here, I feel like people want different things, and it's okay to want different things. Um, and I I like that. In my country's defense, we are like there's like this word called "pixig minjo." It means um, We all wore the same white cloth and like we all have like black hair and we come from a society that's so homogeneous that our values are, of course, also so uniform.
0: You don't like people there. Would you say don't want to be different because they want to succeed and to succeed? They need to like kind of match everyone, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, um individuality, is that not as, you know, important to them? It's more like kind of fit in and get the job and so-and-so. Yeah,
1: it was like that, Um, but it's changing. It's definitely changing. Even in academia, we say, like, uh, the West is individualistic and the East is collectivistic, but I think that's slowly shifting. A lot of the younger generation don't want to conform to norms they don't want to respect elders they want to just do whatever like pleases them um and so i definitely think our culture is shifting to be more individualistic but like we can't ignore the history that's ingrained in our like social values
0: yeah and were your parents supportive of your like newfound identity kind of if that makes sense like your new perspectives on on certain things and
1: Yeah. Um, So when I lived in the U.S. uh, for five years when I was younger, my parents were with me, and my parents actually wanted to stay because they liked the life that we were living in the U.S. Like it was very family oriented. It was um, like we went to the park. Uh, My dad came home like at six sharp every day, which is something that isn't common in Korea. and we were happy with the life we had in America. So we actually tried to stay and we we didn't get the visa. And so we kind of had to go back to Korea um, without like when we didn't want to, when we didn't want to. Um, and so my parents liked the idea of me coming back to California to uh, live my adult life here. And they actually encouraged me like, getting married and staying here.
0: And another thing that shocked me about you was, like, some of the phrases that you didn't know. Mm -hmm. Like, what what was one of the phrases? Milestone? No, no. um, Dank. You didn't know what dank meant. And it makes sense that you wouldn't know it. But just, like, the concepts of, of like, slang words. Yeah. What are some slang words that you guys have over there? And I'll try to compare them to them. Exactly. Like, how I explained dank could be, like, Either something smells good, something tastes good mm-hmm. Yeah
1: Okay, slang used in Korea
0: Or even just like some of the new slang that you found out here And you're all like, oh my goodness Because a lot of these things are new to you Even, I hope this isn't sensitive But like even we explained the term like drive-by And what that is Because it is common for some of the students Where they're from Like, um, But you didn't know what a drive-by was Yeah, yeah. I
1: was actually really surprised to hear like, I don't under, I, my brain can't wrap around the idea that someone just wants to go to a neighborhood and aimlessly shoot people. That's just, I, I don't know. That's like, to me, that sounds very similar to terrorism.
0: Definitely. But the sad thing about it is that it's kind of like a reality for some people. That's like your lived experiences. You do what you do because of how you've lived. It's the same thing, you mm-hmm. know, that has been ingrained culturally sadly and yeah. it's not like a, a proud uh, like a a point of pride for anyone but it's just kind of reality you know and a lot of people choose to ignore it but you know it's very much alive even to this day and it's 2023 you know
1: mm-hmm. it's it's definitely like mind-boggling to know like i i saw a gun for the first time this year I've never seen a gun before because it's illegal in my country to have a gun, and only men who go to the military get to see it. And so it was weird for me to see a cop who had a gun in his holster, and I was like, whoa, that thing could kill me. And to know that, like, you and people I can't name right now have, like, know about that and just, like, have that vocabulary so casually is so interesting to me and it's so sad and i thought a drive-by would be something like a drive-through you know drive-through yeah. for food yeah but yeah it's just it's weird but um we but yeah, going back to like the slang um something i learned here vibrations
0: <laughs> vibrations
1: like right now is a would we call it a high vibration
0: yeah, high vibrations. When when that individual said that, I had never used that term. I knew what it meant, but mm-hmm. I had always said good vibes mm. as opposed to high vibrations, which is a new thing that I learned the same time that you did.
1: Maybe it's because we're a little older.
0: Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, slang in Korea, uh, we shorten a lot of words. Um, but I'm trying to think. We say we have stuff like. I I know you won't be able to understand what that means But it means like I'll ask you a bunch of questions um, And ask you for your advice But I'll already know what I want to do Like deep inside So if I ask you like Oh like, Do you disclose your name in the podcast?
0: Yeah you could say it I could just edit it out if I don't feel comfortable But I I think people know it's me
1: Oh okay I'll just say I'll just say John okay Okay I'd be like, "Hey, John, like, what should I do in this situation? Like, should I pick A or B?" And I, I go on this whole rant, and then you listen, and then you give me like this really heartfelt, genuine advice, and then I just decide whatever I want to do. We have, like, we have a word for that.
0: Whoa! And that's common.
1: Yeah, everybody understands it. We have a lot of, we have a lot of like condensed uh, vocabulary that normally comes from TV. Like, we watch something on TV or social media, and then we adopt it. But that's like for every society, right?
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and also I wanted to ask you about the diversity in Korea. Would oh, you say I mean, there's numerous types of cultures there, or is it mostly Koreans? It's
1: mostly Koreans. Um, actually, around only ten years ago, if you saw an Afri- African American person on the subway, people would just stare. You know, like. Just staring as if they've never seen a person of that skin color, that's rude, right? Yeah, but people would like stare like children would want to go close to like see them closely. Um, and there's and Korean people are still comfortable with stereotypes. So when they see a certain like uh, ethnicity or race, they they just easily and comfortably say racist things. Um, and they don't even think it's like that bad or that wrong. Because there aren't that many people that are like foreigners around them. Yeah. Yeah. So there's very little diversity in Korea. Um, but... Hopefully that'll change. I think it's slowly changing. I think people are slowly acknowledging that it's wrong. Um, But we have a lot of animosity towards Chinese people um, because of like political ideology. And North Korea is also like on the same side with China, right? And South Korea is on the same side with the US. And so a lot of people have an animosity towards Chinese and they make just downright racist comments on, on social media. Yeah. I don't know if how, how deeply I can go into this without being controversial. But yeah. but, yeah, people don't really think it's, like, wrong. Or people aren't worried about other people judging them by saying that. You know, if you can be a little racist... Um, like, some people are racist, and some people may be uncomfortable with people that look different from them because they may not have had the experience of meeting them. But you filter what you say, and, and you, like, think about it, and then you say it, right? But a lot of people in Korea don't even think it's wrong to say it, so...
0: Yeah, and even what we talked about right now, this right here, and talking about, like, the some of the things that were new to you, like drive-bys... It's, it's for me difficult as a person in academia, right? Or an undergrad student. It it's kind of difficult because sometimes you're not allowed to express new ideas or your thoughts because it might seem uh sensitive or um, like you said, controversial. When we're when we're in this setting of learning, I feel like you should be able to ask these difficult questions because as students right we want to learn and understand the background and and the concepts behind it rather than express like oh we agree or like do you get what i'm saying yeah do you ever feel conflicted and and kind of sad as i do when expressing these new ideas and and talking about certain sensitive subjects
1: oh yeah um so a lot of the grad classes are us having debates or doing readings and talking about them and sharing our thoughts and making comments and making connections with our own work. And um, a lot of the times, my best friend who is uh, a Caucasian, like a white, white woman, can't say things because of her ethnicity. But I, as a, as a minority, can voice it. And at the end of class, she says, you said exactly what I wanted to say, but I couldn't say it. And at first I was like, why can't you say it? But, but then she's like, because, because of who I am. And it makes me sad that people have to filter their thoughts so much that we can't have the intellectual conversation that needs to be had. Like, for example... We were learning about a theory that a neo-Nazi, what do you call it, supporter?
0: Supremacist?
1: Yes, created. And the professor asked us if they think it's right for us to continue using this theory because of this person's ideological beliefs. And some of the class was like, no, we shouldn't because we shouldn't promote their thoughts. We shouldn't promote, um, like, we shouldn't, like, help them succeed or we shouldn't spread their thoughts, uh, especially because their thoughts came from... um, hate. Yeah, from, what's the word? Anti-Semitism.
0: Yeah, anti-Semitism.
1: Yeah, Semitism in the first place. Um, but then the theory can be applied to different places, and it actually is and is a really good theory. And so i said if if um if, like Hitler came up with the same theory that Einstein came up with, would we ignore that? It's just it's not about the person. It's about the ideas that they had. Um And so I said, we should keep the theory but ignore the person. And I didn't even th- like understand why that was a debate. Is it because it's social sciences? I don't know, but yeah.
0: I think it's because it's a sensitive subject, but I think me personally, um, it's that people get emotional and get emotionally involved as opposed to thinking about it critically. Because even us having this conversation... Like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, oh, should I say this? Should I not? But now I feel, like, good enough to say it because it's, like, it is a something that we should talk about because people feel limited. And if people feel limited, that means potential discoveries or potential concept theories might not get discovered because yeah. of the lack of engagement, because you're so afraid to engage the sensitive subjects, right? Mm-hmm. And to go back to what you were saying about that theory, think about... um. You know, when NASA went up to to the moon, I believe it was through the innovations of
1: um war
0: of the war and the some Cold of the war, right? No, it was uh, World War Two. They <laughs> they took some of oh, the God. the Nazi soldiers, the, the Germans, and they like I, I forget his name, but he he's the one that like designed the rocket and like engineered everything and stuff. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know they played a big role in getting us to the moon. Mm -hmm. And again, not saying that like any of the war, any of anything they did was okay, but even then they allowed them to do that.
1: Yeah. So I feel like if, if we're studying and if science and further development of human beings is our goal, we can, we can ignore that person. That's a neo-Nazi and still take their idea and use it. That person's, I think, already. It's not like we're cherishing their thoughts. It's just we're using their theory to our advantage to help us. And so, like if let's say if like um like a racist person came up with penicillin, would would we not use penicillin? We would still use penicillin. It's just that's how I think. And I can voice this because I'm a minority. My white friend, who's considered privileged or could be categorized as a Karen, can't say it because because she's in a position of power, and I, I honestly don't think it's fair to her sometimes.
0: And you said that you were unaware of this before you came to America.
1: Like how, how serious the, um, how careful everyone is about what they say. Yeah, I didn't know it was this serious. Yeah, I came here, and there are certain things I can't say, um, and sometimes voicing that makes other people uncomfortable. But uh, I don't know. Where's the line? And I just want to also say that I come from a culture. We have been imperialized by Japan. And um, they've done some of the most heinous things that could have been done to human beings. And yet, I don't have anything against other Japanese people. It's what the Japanese government did a long time ago. And it's something I have against that the past government and maybe the people that still support that ideology in the current government, but I'm not going to go hating on some Japanese person I meet here. And I'm not going to say scrutinize everything they say to me based on our history together.
0: Of course, it's kind of the same with colonialism in Mexico, right? Like where where I'm from, you know, like I, I don't hate the place I'm at now. Like, you know, we're so fortunate and to be born in the time we're born, Pretty crazy.
1: Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I think it's also just like a viewpoint. I don't like to hold in anger and hate and nothing really comes of doing that. What am I gonna do? Seek revenge. I'm I'm like what can I do? I just I'm like good vibes.
0: Good. H- high, <laughs> Good high vibration. High <laughs>
1: vibration. Yeah.
0: That's so awesome that you think that way. I like it because, you know, it allows you to kind of see it from a different perspective, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. It seems like you detach yourself from kind of, I don't know if emotion is the right word, but you're able to see things in a like theoretical way and, and see it anal- analytically. Mm-hmm. Would that be correct to say?
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's not just. I think this is just like one way of thinking, even in academia, because I know a lot of people who f- who are fueled in their research by that critical lens of like seeing the power dynamics and language and relationships. And their goal is to resolve those power dynamics so that it's more equal. But for me, I just like to see the phenomenon as is um, and problematizing everything just isn't really the way I approach my studies. But I do feel like there needs to be change. It's just I don't want to problematize everything at every second of the day.
0: Yeah. So what is it that you're interested in researching?
1: Well, I came in wanting to study um, how parents communicate sex to their children. So like how parents teach their children to be comfortable with the idea of sexual relationships, their own bodies. um, And that's like this whole category of sex communication. Um, But then um, no one, I I don't want to say no one does it, but it's really hard to study that area
0: because- You you were saying it was kind of taboo, right?
1: Yeah. Like I thought California was the place to study that because everyone is so open about sex. But as it turns out, not everyone is open about sex, and people don't want to come in and just start talking about their sex life. So there's just a lot of barriers, especially because if I want to work with parents and kids, it's hard to recruit them because um, parents are, you know, shy about sex. I read that like one of the reasons why parents don't talk to their children about sex is because they don't know how to. And we need to start somewhere.
0: Yeah, and I was I was about to say that. If you were to do that, that means you would bring all these discoveries and theories about it. And right now, there's probably not that many.
1: Yeah, it's so hard to recruit people, to interview them, to conduct surveys on them. And so, yeah, right now, none of the professors here mainly do that. So I'm studying a different context. But hopefully, I can apply the tools that I get from from studying that context. I'm not going to say what it is um, to sexcom eventually and do the research that I've been wanting to do.
0: That is fascinating. Man, the thought just left. Oh
1: yeah.
0: How, what kind of religion is the most followed in Korea? And are you religious?
1: I'm agnostic. Um, So I, I do believe there's some upper power, uh, some divine, some divinity. That's, that either helps me um or doesn't help me sometimes. Um, and I don't want to be so vain to believe that we're human beings that are the only holy things that, like, operate this world. Um, but I don't believe in any certain God.
0: and in Korea, do they follow any type of religion?
1: So the main religions in Korea, I think, are Christianity um, and Buddhism.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh,
1: my, I think my brother was Christian for a while. Do you have uh, a brother? Yeah, I have a big brother. What? He works in Korea. Whoa. Yeah.
0: Is he in a cl- conglomerate?
1: Uh, he's, no, he's in actually a pretty small company. Um, I've been trying to usher him into coming to grad school too. And he wants to come out to the US. It's just um, the means to get here are a bit difficult and they require a lot of perseverance and planning. And I don't know if he has the patience for that. Mm. <laughs> um, but, and uh, my, my parents are agnostic as well, but I think my dad's, so my grandmother was Buddhist. And so like we would donate money to the temple sometimes. So our family is kind of religious, but I'm very clear about being agnostic.
0: Wow, wonderful. And also, something that you mentioned to me a while ago was the Korean language. You said that it was scientifically
1: oh, yeah. engineered.
0: Would that be the correct yes. word?
1: Yes. Korean is a really scientific language. I feel like my podcast is even academic and boring. Is it okay? Am I doing I okay? I
0: love it, dude. People love this type of stuff. Like I said, it's because people aren't exposed Every day to a Korean person Or a Mexican <laughs> person Right? I mean, a Mexican person myself I'm sure there's people in You know, middle America that have never met a Mexican mm-hmm. And that's just true, you know
1: mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll answer your question <laughs> So um, uh, One of our kings, um, kings. Whoa, yeah, have have kings Kings? We used to have kings We used to have kings Up until the chosen dynasty, I think so this is several hundred years ago. But this king named Sejong, so his name is Sejong Daewang, he crea- he got the leading researchers in the country, 20 of them or something, and he collected them and he made them make our language. And so there was already verbal language being used, and our language is mostly from... Um, Japan and China. Probably Japan also comes from China too, because historically we all come from that area. Um, But we were already speaking a language, but we didn't have a written language. And so the king ordered these smart people to scientifically make an alphabet that is efficient and easy to pronounce. Uh, and easy to learn and so the letters reflect the shape of our like esophagus and our tongue and our like mouth structures so that it's easy for everyone to pronounce and to read and so Sejong Daewong was the person who made I think I don't want to say a specific number because I'm going to get it wrong but uh, like the majority of our population uh, literate and that's like a huge feat, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that's huge,
1: yeah. so he was one of our kings. He made the alphabet, and people could read like the average citizen could just pick up the language pretty easily and write
0: mm-hmm. and obviously i'm I'm American, so I like my knowledge on Korea is probably since I've met you <laughs> no. um. Do you know when, like, the split happened between North and South Korea?
1: Well, I should know it because I actually took several history courses, but I forget, and it's quite shameful that I don't know it. I do you know, know why? Yeah, I do know why. Um, it's actually because of the Cold War.
0: I've I've heard of that, but I don't I don't know the Cold War. It's is.
1: because of the it's post World War II. Um, The U.S. and Russia were the two big powers that were uh, fighting, and North Korea took sides. So there was no North and South Korea, but...
0: um, It was just Korea.
1: It was Korea. And the U.S. and Russia decided to split our country so that they would no longer fight. Because our country was a battlefield. And they were like, okay, we're going to draw this line. And not fight anymore. And we're not... uh, We're going to take a break from war. I think there's like a word for it. that That I can't think of at the top of my head. Ceasefire? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, technically we're still in war. It's not like the war's over. And that's why Korean men have to go to the military. And North Korea spends a ton of their money on weapons and nuclear weapons and the army um but the reason why korean men are drafted into the military is because we're technically still on standby to go into war yeah so our country was split because of um the ideological views of democracy and communism by two powerful countries
0: and did you learn that in school or is that something you just learned from friends you just picked up?
1: I learned it from school. Um, we take history classes that teach that. We, we are learned about, oh, we are educated about that and how uh, Japan colonized us. Um, and, yeah, our country has been through a lot. Um, but we're still, like, we have, like, the 11th biggest uh, highest GDP In the world And
0: And it's pretty small Your country right
1: It's smaller than California No
0: way I think California Has the fourth Like just the state alone
1: In size
0: Yeah Or no It has the fourth uh, GDP
1: Fourth really? highest Really Yeah Oh wow Isn't that crazy That's crazy Yeah Makes sense though yeah. yeah But yeah Korea Is a peninsula That's probably why Everybody wants wants Korea They want to take Korea Because it's situated right next to Japan. The Japanese have been trying to get Korea because that's their footing into the big, massive land mainland, that's connected yeah. to China and Russia. Um, but yeah, I'm not good with geography or po- um, politics, so I'll stop there. <laughs> yeah,
0: and we do have 10 minutes. It's 3.51. Did you want to stop here? Did you want to mention anything else?
1: Um,
0: Hopefully no one was offended. Hopefully people learned through this. We... This discussion was meant to teach And this came from Her perspective and my perspective Our intentions was not To hurt anyone's feelings or be insensitive It was merely discussion Between two friends yeah. To understand things better But yeah, is there anything you would like to add?
1: Sure Um, I guess like the way I said it I spoke in, Of our my own country In like a very non-patriotic way Um, and I think that's what a lot of people that come to the U.S. think that they want to escape Korea because of the reality there and they want to start afresh here but I eventually want to go back to Korea Um, my parents are there um, and I think people who have attained greater education and who have more insights and can compare cross-culturally should be the people that go back to make changes to the fundamental structure of Korea. And so I say things that criticize Korean culture, but for me, this is me loving my country because I need to go back and make some changes. Um, And once again, like you said, um, what I say is not fact, it's just... One opinion of one Korean girl. Um, but yeah.
0: And I agree with you completely because you don't even know. Like, I love Mexico, Mexico, so much. Like, I love that I'm Me- Mexican. And, but I don't know if you know too much about Mexico, but it's not in the best state. You know, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of, like, the government doesn't necessarily help their people too much. And, you know, even though, like, there's a lot of, Bad things happening within in the uh, country, you know, I still love it and I still want to see it grow and and become better than it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And out of that place for growth, you know, we suggest ideas, we may say things and this is a li- live conversation with us. So, yeah, but like you said, I want to grow that country as well, even though I was born in the U.S., like like my blood feels like it belongs down there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, one of the reasons why I came here in the first place is because I want to change, reform the sex culture in Korea, not in the U.S. The U.S. is... I mean, it has its problems, but it's not, like, as problematic as the Korean sex culture.
0: Yeah, and you were saying that people aren't having babies as much as they used to.
1: So our birth rate is... So the way the birth rate is calculated is... They uh, divide the number of babies born every year. They divide that by the number of women who are fertile, like who can have babies, like the age range. And the average, uh, the Korean birth rate for 2022 was like 0.7 or something like that. So our population is decreasing. We're becoming like a senior country. And Like, people need to have babies, but people aren't having babies because they don't want their children to uh, live in a country with poor air quality. They don't want them to invest thousands of dollars on education and go to, like, cram schools and academies. And it's just, like, people are like, oh, like, there's even this world word called, so our country used to be called Chosun. And they say hell Chosun. So they compare our country to hell. And I hate that word. Why would you call your motherland hell? Um, but people say that. And they say they don't, they don't want kids because they don't want to raise their kids in that kind of environment. But people aren't really doing anything to change the hell that they live in.
0: And is that what piqued your interest in sex communication? Or well, was that the a
1: different... The low birth rate was not like my biggest interest. I think people should be able to choose if they want to have children. Um, And if you're not fit to be a mother or if you're not ready, I don't think you should have kids. Because then you're only making a traumatized child who isn't in a place of happiness and growth. But that's another story. Um, And what piqued my interest in sex comm is because when I was growing up, I couldn't ask questions about sex. Like, I, women, I was almost taught that women like aren't supposed to feel sexual pleasure, and my mom would be shy about questions I had about sex. And in my high school, if you weren't allowed to hold hands with your boyfriend, and if someone got someone got caught kissing their boyfriend or partner or whatever, they would uh, be suspended for kissing and it wasn't even the sloppy kind of kissing it was like a peck, a peck you would get suspended <laughs> Dang. so yeah I I came from that that suppressed sex culture and I and it's, just, it's weird teenagers have hormones they want to explore they want to learn and everybody wants people to have kids and to get married and have children eventually why aren't they letting them like explore and understand their sexuality when they should be um and i know we're almost out of time but this leads to this whole nother social issue in korea of um misogyny and mis- misandry that's like the opposite word like women hating all men
0: i've never heard of that word that's interesting
1: oh yeah that's like the opposite concept We're only exposed to misogyny. And I think that's sad too. There's also misandry or misandry, or I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, In Korea, a lot of, like not a lot of, but there's this general um, like chasm between men and women. And there's a lot of hate culture surrounding that. And like the Me Too movement, which helped progress a lot of women's rights and helped women voice their um, like, like the harassment that they've experienced was also used um, in a way that hurt a lot of um, like burned a lot of bridges between men and women and I think a lot of that st- stems from like repressed sexual urges and not having a healthy communication between the sexes to begin with. That's where I my interest started. Yeah, that's wonderful. I have another interesting story. Can I can I talk about it?
0: If you want to, it's four, but
1: Okay. I just need to finish with the story. Yes,
0: please.
1: So in Korea, last year Halloween, almost more than a hundred people in their twenties died because they were stampeded. Um, In this area called Itaewon. And that's where all the Halloween party goes on. So Itaewon is previously um, where the U.S. Army um, territory is. So there's a lot of foreigners there. That's where you'll find the first gay clubs in Korea. And there's just this huge nightlife that's free and uninhibited there. And people go there on Halloween to like, you know, let out their sexual frustrations and, like, express themselves. And they were, like, you know, skimpy costumes and stuff. And there was a small hallway um, and I think more, like, too many people were crowded in that area and people toppled over, like, dominoes and they were pressed by, like, the crowd and 100 pe- more than 100 people died and they were all young people in their 20s and i grieved a lot and at the time i was talking to this other korean guy who told me that all the most of the men there learned to do cpr in the korean military but they couldn't resuscitate and you know perform cpr on women because they didn't want to um, seem like they were, I don't know, trying to touch, touch their breasts or doing some sort of sexual act. So people couldn't save other people's lives because they were scared of being, becoming like a sexual predator. And that's just, that's just so messed up, isn't it? Yeah. People died, young people. They
0: could have potentially been saved.
1: Yeah, and that I think that's just, goes to show how messed up korean uh sex culture is you see i'm angry i'm so angry about this and i and no one is doing anything to change that
0: not yet not yet not until you
1: yes i I need to go back to the motherland and change things up yeah
0: well thank you so much for coming on the podcast (laughs) Oh man, I had so much fun You are so interesting And thank you Thank you for sticking this long
1: Yeah, thank you I hope um, Yeah, I hope I didn't offend anyone uh, If there's anything offensive Please take it out <laughs> I will um, And thank you so much for interviewing me I, I'm really flattered that you find me interesting
0: Of yeah. course